And I just want to go directly to the Word of God tonight. I feel the unction of the Spirit of the Almighty God in this room. And I pray that somehow something that is said tonight can challenge, can instruct, can direct, and maybe even give you some uh, hope for the future as we begin to as we uh, as we begin to look into the Word of God tonight. God bless you. And let's go to Psalms chapter 57. We're going to go to Psalms chapter 57. I'm going to read verses 7 and verses 9. Psalms 57 and 7 says, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and I will give praise. And Psalms 57 and 9 says, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. And I, let's, let's bow in a word of prayer tonight that God will help us in this room. Thank you so much, God, for your presence that we already feel in this house today. We ask you, Lord, that your mighty hand of power would touch us together, God. Your word's already anointed, God. Anoint this messenger, God. I need your presence. I need your help. I need your direction. I need your anointing, God, upon my life today, God. I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ today, Lord, to show your power. Touch somebody tonight, God. Minister to somebody tonight, Lord, and we'll give you praise and we'll give you glory and we'll give you honor in Jesus name amen amen so David's heart in Psalm chapter 57 is fixed is steadfast he has made up his mind he is determined and he's steadfast and is focused on the Lord's promises and he is prepared and he is determined to sing and give praise and worship to God in this psalm, he shows us some essentials for our worship and for our praise. And so I, I want to talk to you tonight on this subject, essentials of worship and praise. Essentials, I went to the dictionary and I looked up that word because I wanted to get it right. Essentials, the fundamental elements or characteristics of something. Now we know that we are in a red phase here in the COVID situation and, and, uh, and their essential services are the services that are still open and some places are closed because they're not deemed to be essential. But thank God for everybody that's working so hard to get this to get this COVID thing under control and get it the, the curve to die down and so we can get back to gathering together in the house of God and worshiping the God together in the house of God. But we're going to talk about essentials of our worship and of our praise unto Almighty God. I really truly believe with all of my heart we need to get our praise and our worship right. We can't just do it, Heather. <laughs> We can't just do it off the top of our head, so to speak, but we must get it from the heart and from the spirit and from the innermost man unto an almighty God who is so worthy of our worship and of our praise. I find it very significant that King David, the greatest worship leader of the Old Testament, wrote all of his psalms, sang all of his songs, chose all of his choir masters, led all of his processions, and gave us the biblical pattern for God-honoring worship and praise before the temple was ever built. It was Solomon, who, David's son, who built the temple, not David. David was not allowed to build the temple. He, he gathered everything together for Solomon, and he got everything ready, but he was not allowed to build the temple. It's, it's, it's the significance of this clear, historical, biblical fact is that the temple that Solomon built was not essential for, Saul, for Israel's worship. The, the temple was not essential for Israel's worship. God willed that the temple would be built, and, he, and it was God himself that put it in the heart of the people to build it. But the fact that David, the greatest worship leader of Israel, flourished in the generation before the building of the temple teaches us clearly that the temple was not essential for true and deep and powerful worship. And here we are tonight in a, in a basically empty building with just a few people here recording this today. And, but, but here we are. But, but, but and, oh, help me, Lord. <laughs> here we are in this room. 
worship and recording this with a basically empty building, but you're there at home, but we're longing for the day when we can get back together in the house of God and worship and praise God together as a corporate congregation. But, but, but this sanctuary that was built and dedicated to the glory of God as beautiful and as functional and as important as it is. And I would never want to be misread. I don't ever want to be, think that you would ever think that I would encourage you to stay home from the house of God. I believe in coming to the house of God. I believe in gathering together as corporate people to worship together in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I, I believe that there's a, there's a synergy and there's an energy when we get together that is not there when we're not together. And I thank God for the power of coming together as the, as the people of God and worshiping and praising God. But I, I'm, what, the point I'm trying to make here is this, is that this sanctuary that is so beautiful and so functional and is a tool that we use is not essential for worship to be true and deep and powerful in our lives. We can, we can worship God from the bottom of our heart and the bottom of our spirit, and we can praise God with everything we have in our living room, in our home, in our car. Wherever we are at, we can magnify and glorify and praise Almighty God. As a matter of fact, it's probably the truth that our greatest worship does not always take place inside these four walls. But our greatest worship takes place outside these four walls as we live for God and as we serve God and in the midst of a world that needs a light to shine in the midst of them. And I believe the power in the power of the people of God stepping outside the four walls and allowing the power of God to work and manifest in their life and being a light in the darkness that is around us. Thanks be to God that wherever I am, we, I grew up singing this, Wherever I am, I can praise him. And wherever I can, I'm going to praise him. For his love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. I'll lift up the name of Jesus. For the name of Jesus lifted me. And so my greatest worship and my greatest praise takes place outside these four walls. And I thank God that we can worship God together in the name of Jesus Christ as we come together. But let's be a worshiper. Let's be a, not just be a worshiper when we're together, but even when we're separated like we are right now, we can still be worshipers who, who shine the powerful light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ through our lives. Praise God. So, and as we make our way through Psalms 57, the psalmist uncovers some essentials of praise and worship. The fundamental elements or characteristics of praise and the worship. If we miss the essentials, no building will make worship real. But whatever, whenever the essentials are present, we can experience a powerful meeting place with God. This psalm finds David on the run from Saul in a cave. First Samuel 22 tells us that after the deliverance from Gath, David fled for protection to the cave of Adullam. And then later, according to 1 Samuel 24, he would move to a cave in Engedi. Some commentators say the cave that David was in was less than two miles or three kilometers. I'm showing my age right there. Two miles or, or three kilometers from where David defeated Goliath. Two miles or three, approximately three kilometers away from the place where he had achieved the greatest victory of his life, slaying a giant and liberating the people of God from the, the giant Goliath, receiving all the acclaim and all the recognition that comes with this, with, with him bringing down Goliath with a sling and a stone on a battlefield in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Now he is, so, now he's just close by two miles or just approximately three kilometers by in a dark, lonely place hiding from Saul. So David is experiencing calamities, he says in, in Psalm 57, coming from an enemy who would devour him. He said, it's as if he is among lions out for a kill. 
Although they have set a trap for him, he is certain, David says in Psalms 57, he is certain that the ones that set a trap for him will fall into the, by themselves and be trapped by it. In the midst of the crisis, the psalmist trusting God, hiding beneath the shadow of his wings, knowing that God will act on his behalf. He praises God, calling upon his loop and his harp so that he can sing to God among the nations. Oh, what a wonderful, powerful thing it is that even though he's somewhere in a cave, somewhere back out of sight in the back of a cave somewhere, hiding for his life, Leah, he can still magnify and praise and glorify God in that place. Don't miss the point here that David is in a cave. He realizes the seriousness of the situation he is in. David declared to his friend Jonathan about this time in his life. He said this in 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse number 3. He said, that truly as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. I'm talking tonight about the essentials of worship and of praise. And David realizes he's in a very serious situation. And in spite of all the calamities and all the, all the seriousness of the situation that he is in, David is determined. He's got his mind fixed. He's got his heart prepared to praise and to worship God. I think we could probably put it like this. There is a burst of song in the midst of the storm. There's a burst of song in the midst of a, of a cave situation. David just sings and magnifies and glorifies and praises Almighty God. And I just want to slow down here long enough to say this tonight, that in the midst of everything that's going on in our world, in the midst of all of this COVID and all this orange zone, I want to have my heart fixed. I want to have my heart prepared. I want to have my mind made up. I'm going to magnify and I'm going to praise and I'm going to glorify God in the midst of it. If I'm home by myself, I'm going to sit on the couch or I'm going to stand up in my living room and I'm going to raise my hands and I'm going to say, Lord, you're worthy of my highest praise and you're worthy of my greatest adoration, God, because of all you've done and because of who you are, God. I want to give you praise and I want to give you glory and I want to give you honor. And I'm telling you, folks, when we begin to praise God, the Bible said that God inhabits the praises of his people. And when we begin to praise God, there's an atmosphere change in the room because the presence of God steps in there in a powerful way. And we can have courage and we can gain strength and we can gain anointing and we can gain power to continue to live for Almighty God. We don't have to fall away. We don't have to give up. We don't have to say it's not worth it. We can say, well, I'm going to serve God in the midst of the storm and I'm going to praise God in the midst of every storm that's going on in my life. We need to be a burst of song, a burst of song in the midst of the storm and, and, and in the midst of everything that's going on in our situation, in our circumstance. And I know that maybe somebody watching tonight is walking through some deep valleys and going through some hard places and just feels like you're in a cave and it's dark and maybe it's lonely and you don't think anybody cares, but I want to come in the name of Jesus and tell you there is a God that knows where you're at. There's a God that cares about what you're going through and there's a God that if you begin to worship him will envelop that place where you are and you can be strengthened and empowered by the mighty name and by the mighty power of the God that we serve. Praise God. I was driving along in my van not long ago and, and the song come on XM radio called Praise You in the Storm. And it helped me as I drove along in my van and I just want to give you a few words from that song. It goes like this, and I'll praise you in this storm, and I will lift up my hands, for you are who you are, no matter where I am. And every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand, and you never left my side. And though my heart is torn, I will praise you in this storm. There is power. And there is authority that comes when we make up our mind, we'll become fixed on the fact we're going to praise God in the midst of everything that's going on. 
in our lives. So whatever you do and however you respond to your cave situation, make sure that somewhere in that response, you take time to magnify and to praise and to worship Almighty God. I just got a feeling in my spirit like God wants to step into somebody's cave tonight and help you in the midst of your cave. And the way, it, the way he steps in is when you invite him through praise and through worship and through magnifying and praising and glorifying his name. Now, as we, as we look at this Psalms 57 and we look at David being in a cave and we look at David praising God in a cave to get a full picture of what is really going on here, we need to realize that the only reason Saul is trying to kill David is because God has anointed David to be king in Saul's place. Saul broke the commandments of God and Saul went against the plan of God for his life. And so, and so God anointed one to take his place and that man was David. And because God is blessing David above Saul, Saul is jealous and Saul is is furious and Saul wants David dead because of that. First Samuel 18, 7 and 8 said, First Samuel 18, 7 and 8, and the women answered one another as they played, and they said, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And David was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? What can he have more but the kingdom? And so, so Saul is insanely jealous of David, and he wants David dead. So I guess you could put it like this. The problems in David's life at this point were brought on by the call of God and the blessing of God on his life. And I'm not going to stay here very long, but I will tell you tonight that sometimes the reason why we find ourselves seemingly in a cave is because we have an enemy that wants us to be destroyed. I only have one thing in my possession that the enemy really desires, and that's my relationship with God. And the enemy cannot stand the fact that I would take time in the, midst of a, in the midst of a pandemic or in the midst of a cave situation in my life to praise and to magnify God. And he wants that stopped and he wants that, he wants that taken away. And so, and so that's why I need to be all the more fixed and all the more determined and all the more secure in my spirit that I'm going to praise God anyway. Nevertheless, I'm going to praise Almighty God. Praise God. I wish I could stand in this pulpit tonight and declare to you that living for God and being blessed by God would free you from any kind of storm or calamity in your life. But that's not a fact of life. You only have to look at the story of Job to discover the fact that it rains on the just the Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust both. Along with David in the cave, Job teaches us that we must, that we must remain fixed or steadfast in our praise and worship, no matter what cave we may find ourselves in. Job made this statement in Job chapter 1, verses 20, 20 and 21. He made this statement, then Job arose. And he ran his mantle and he shaved his head and he fell down upon the ground and worshiped. What's that? He worshiped. And he said, naked came out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So Job realizes the seriousness of situation of what's going on in his life. He rent his mantle in, in grief and he shaved his head, signs of grief, but he fell down on the ground and he, and he worshiped, he glorified and he magnified and he praised and he lifted up Almighty God and said, it's not, it's not time for me to turn around now and walk away from my relationship with God. It's time for me to say, God, you're worthy. God, you're awesome. 
God, you're mighty. God, you're powerful. Hallelujah. And so Job and David teach us here, teach us here that we can praise God in the midst of the storm. We can magnify God in the midst of the storm. You know, if David had wanted security and if David had wanted safety in his life, he could have said to Samuel and he could have maybe said to God in his prayer time and his worship time, you can keep all that call, you can keep your call to kingship. I don't need all this trouble and all this turmoil in my life and all this danger in my life. But he didn't say that. Instead, he submitted himself to God's call. And in the midst of the battles of life that brought, that the call of God brought into his life, he said, I've got my mind made up. I got my heart fixed on the fact I'm going to magnify and I'm going to praise almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God surrounding here and filling up this sanctuary tonight. I feel the call of God in my heart and in my spirit to declare unto you and to look in the camera and say, I believe no matter what you're going through and no matter what's transpiring in your life, you can still have a praise in your heart for a God that knows everything that's going on in your life. He's a faithful God. I want you to listen one more time as David describes the place where he is in, in Psalms 57 and verse number four. He said, my soul is among lions and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue is a sharp sword. He said, I'm in a place where I, where there's, where I just feel like there's lions after me and, and, every, and the sons of men and the teeth are spears and arrows. He's in, a, he's in a very, very difficult place. They've prepared a net for me, Psalms 57 and 6, a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me. So David's not discounting and he's not, he's not ignoring the place where he is at, but he just keeps praising and magnifying and glorifying God, Leah. And out of that commitment to praise God, in spite of all the problems in his life, came psalm after psalm of profound, of deep, of living, of authentic worship and praise, including Psalms 57. I'm going to praise God in the midst of my storm. I'm going to magnify God in the midst of my trouble. Hallelujah. If our relationship with God, if in our relationship with God, we constantly and consistently choose the path of least resistance, a place of safety, and a place of some comfort, and a place of security. And that's all we're after. And we never push forward in our prayer, and in our worship, and in our giving, and in our obedience. Our worship will grow more shallow and more thin as time goes along. We can't just relax and say, well, I'm just going to coast along here in my worship and in my praise and in my relationship with Almighty God. We can't do that because after a while, what happens is we be, our worship gets more shallow and it gets more thin and it gets more um, uh, unreal in the presence of Almighty God. I don't know about you, but I want my praise and I want my worship to be real. I, want it, I don't want it to be shallow and thin because I'm just, I'm just kind of coasting along in my relationship with God. But if we do what David did, and if we follow the call of God, and we follow the plan of God in our lives, problems and all, then we will see our worship will deepen in depth and in power. There's just something about somebody that's walked through the storm, has been in the cave and has made up their mind, I'm not going to stop worshiping and praising God. I'm just going to keep going in the presence of God. And no matter, and it may just, and, and when the music starts and when, the, and, 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 and when I first began, it may be haltingly and it may be, it may be unsure a little bit because of what's going on in my life. But, but as time goes along and as I've continued to praise God, my praise is going to get deeper and more powerful because I understand, Leah, I'm coming in the presence of a God and then the presence of God surrounds me and I feel his strength and I feel his power and I feel his anointing in my life. 
I've watched this happen over and over and over again. In 30-some years of ministry, I've watched this happen. I've watched people walk through tremendous valleys and get into very difficult cave situations and, and, and all kinds of things have come against them and they've lost loved ones and, and other situations that have arisen in their life. And I've watched them come into the house of God and I've watched them as, as, as the music begins to start and, and we begin to worship and we begin to praise God and we begin to magnify God and at first the hand just begins to pat the leg maybe and then, if, then it comes up halfway and before the, the service worship time is over it's up in the air magnifying and praising God because, they re, because they're beginning to feel the strength of an almighty God. I want to tell somebody come on put your hand up in that cave. Put your hand up in that cave and worship and magnify God and glorify God and allow the strength of his presence and the strength of his power to fill and to overcome everything that comes into your life. Hallelujah. Don't be, don't die in the cave. Don't shrivel up in the cave. Don't slack back in the cave. Hallelujah. Raise up your hand and say, he's worthy because of who he is and because of what he's done in my life. What an awesome God that we serve. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want my worship and I want my praise through all the vicissitudes and the ups and downs of life. I want all, I want my praise to get deeper and deeper and deeper and more powerful and more authentic and more living and more, more awesome in the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. I don't want to stay in the cave. I want to come out saying, our God is able. Our God is abundantly able to do exceedingly above all that we could ask or think according to his power that worketh in us. So the first essential of true worship and true praise is determined to do it in spite of whatever's going on in my life. No matter what is happening, I've got my mind made up, it's fixed, I'm determined I'm steadfast in my praise and my worship to Almighty God. So in Psalms 57, in the midst of the difficulties David was going through, and the fact that a, a jealous, hot on his trail man was chasing him down, trying to take his life, David said, I'm still going to call upon God, and I'm still going to praise God. In Psalms 57 and 2, he said, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. In Psalms 57 and 5, he says, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, that thy glory be above all the earth. Oh, praise and worship unto God. Psalms 57 and 7, he says, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and I will give praise. In Psalms 57 and 9, he makes this statement, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. So he's already making, his, he's already making plans in his mind that when he comes out of this cave alive, he comes out of this cave delivered by the power of Almighty God, he comes out of this cave, he's going to continue to praise God and give God praise among all the people and among the nations. He's going to glorify and praise and magnify God for his deliverance power out of the cave. I just want to put both feet flat on the floor tonight and tell you, if you'll praise God in the midst of the cave, he can bring you out by his power and you can glorify his name through all the people and glorify Glorify God amongst all the nations because of what he can do in your life by his power and by his spirit and by his authority. So the first essential, the first fundamental thing that I must remember if I'm going to be a true worshiper and a true praiser is I get determined to do it in spite of whatever is going on in my life. I can't quit praising God because I face difficulties. I can't quit praising God because I face situations that feel like a cave situation. I can't quit praising God because I can't assemble in the house of God. I can want to praise God wherever I am and I'm going to do it with all of my heart and with all of my spirit and with all of my my mind in the name of Jesus Christ. There's also another, another essential of praise and worship that David gives to us in Psalms chapter 57. He says this, that, that true worship and praise also includes humbling ourselves under the hand of the almighty God. Recognizing I need God. Look at the language of humility in Psalms 57 and verse number 1. 
He says, be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. David humbly acknowledges and is totally aware of how much he needs God in his life. And it's especially in this cave experience. David's a great warrior. He's a great warrior. He's anointed of the Lord. He's a strong and he's a courageous man. But there is in David, by the grace of God, a willingness to humble himself under the mighty hand of God and recognize, I need God. I cannot effectively praise and worship God unless I realize I can't do this by myself. I've got to have God in my life. I can't overcome this in my own power and in my own ability. I've got to have God in my life. I've got to have the presence of God and the power of God in my life. And so David cries for mercy. Help me. You know, the cry for help to God is a form of worship and a form of praise because you're recognizing he's greater than you are and he can help you by his power. And so David cries for mercy. Help me, God. He's saying, be gracious. Let your favor shine on me, God. I need the help of the Lord in this cave. Second of all, he cries out for refuge. He says, hide me, God. Hide me. Cover me, God. Hide me under the shadow of your wing. I need your protection, God, in my life. Hallelujah. My, my wife's dad had kind of a little hobby farm out in the back rural parts of New Brunswick. And, he, and I was there one day with, with my wife, and we were out in the dooryard, and, and some black thunderclouds came up. And I watched as a, as, a mother, as a mother hen come out in the midst of the, uh, midst of the driveway there, out by the side of the driveway, and spread out her wings and made, a, made kind of a clucking sound, kind of a different clucking sound. And out of the tall grass all around there came little chicks, and they came, and they run underneath her wings, and she cowered her wings down over them, and she protected them as the lightning began to flash and as the rain began to pour. And I stood there, and as I watched that, I thought, that's so much like God at times. That's just so much like God. I need to hide under the shadow of his wings. When trouble comes, I don't want to run away from God. I want to run to God. And I want to get under the shadow of his wings and allow, and allow God to cover me and allow God to shelter me from the storm and from the pain and from the situation that comes into my life. And I realize, I realize that we all experience troubles, but oh, I'm so glad I've got God in my life. So glad I've got God in my life. And so David, he calls for God to help him and he calls for God to hide him and he calls, he wants to live in that cave under the shadow of the wings of Almighty God. So David's in this cave and he's feeling weak and he's feeling vulnerable like a little chick or a bird in a nest and he recognizes the need of the help and the covering and the protection of Almighty God. He recognizes that his own strength, his own ability is not going to get him through this. He needs the power and the presence and the authority and the majesty of Almighty God to cover him in this place. And so he humbles himself under the mighty hand of an Almighty God and he cries out and he said, be merciful to me, O God, Aaliyah. And so David's, God's mercy is seen in his protection of David as with the church in Philadelphia in Revelation chapter number three, God will keep him in the hour of his trial. I'm, God, I'm serving a God and you're serving a God and we're, and we're worshiping and we're praising a God who has the ability to protect us and keep us and help us and cover us and shelter us and give us strength and ability in the midst of the storm and he's just waiting for us to cry out and say, oh God, I need you. Can't do this, God, without you. 
I've been in places recently in my own life where I've cried that very same thing out, God. There's situations that have come to my doorstep, God. I need the help of Almighty God in my life. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I believe in the power and the help of a God that is so awesome and so mighty and cares so much about us. In the, in the New Testament, we are told we can cast all of our care upon him because he cares for us. So if I'm going to be a true worshiper, if I'm, going to be, if I'm going to have the essentials of praise and worship in my life, I've got to praise God no matter what's going on in my life. I've got, to, I've got to glorify God no matter what kind of a storm or what kind of a cave I'm in. I've also got to understand that I need to humble myself under the hand of an almighty God. Praise God. Because sometimes these cave experiences in life are designed by God to remind us all over again how much we really need him in our lives. I don't ever want to get so big in myself or so proud in myself that I forget I need the power of God in my life every day of my life. David declared this in Psalms 51 and 17. He made this statement, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, thou will not despise. I need to humble myself in the sight of Almighty God. Humility is a very important part of my worship because I can't really magnify the greatness of God and the greatness of myself at the same time. If I'm going to magnify the greatness of God, I've got to humble myself and I've got to realize he's God. He's in control. He knows what he's doing. I trust him and I have confidence in the power of his might in my life. I want to live with the spirit of humility in my life. I want to live with the spirit of dependence upon God. I can't do this by myself. You know something? I wasn't called to do it by myself. If I will humble myself, God will help me. Hallelujah. The New Testament writer James lets us know the humility, recognizing our need of God, it works. James chapter 4 and verse number 6 says, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. James 4 and 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he shall lift you up. There's just something about coming in to the presence of God with worship and with praise and kneeling down in our spirit and kneeling down in our mind and saying, I need the help of Almighty God. Hallelujah. This thing is too big for me to handle in my own strength and in my own ability. I feel like I'm talking to somebody right now. You've been trying to handle it on your own, and, and, and it's, it's not going good. But what you need to do is to raise a hand and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. No, we're not clapping right now, and no, we're not shouting right now, and no, we're not, we're not uh, vocally lifting up our voice and praising God with a loud voice right now, but there's something about depending upon God and letting God know, I need you, Lord. That is a form of worship and a form of praise in the power of Almighty God. And I recognize I can't get out of this in my own strength. I need the help of Almighty God. I can't even walk without holding God's hand. The mountain's too high and the valleys are too wide. It's down on my knees as I humble myself and I come in the presence of God. It's down on my knees. I've learned to stand. I can't even walk without him holding my hand. I need the power and the presence of God. So I've got my mind made up. No matter where I'm at, no matter what's going on in my life, just like David in the cave, I'm going to praise, I'm going to magnify, and I'm going to exalt Almighty God. And I've also got my mind made up that when I get in a cave situation, I'm not going to be too big in myself to say, God, help me. 
God, come into this cave. I need your presence. I need your strength. I need your authority. I need your majesty, God, to come into my life and to deliver me and to set me free, God. I humble myself unto you, unto you, God, because I want to magnify your greatness and not the greatness of myself, but the greatness of your power and the greatness of your authority. I know I'm, 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 I'm on this and I'm, I'm trying to move beyond this, but I'm, I'm feeling in my spirit like somebody needs to understand your next step in the cave is to say, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Because when you recognize your dependence upon God, it deepens your praise and it deepens your worship and it makes your praise more profound and more awesome in the sight of almighty God, Leah. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, in your mercy and in your grace, Lord, let somebody that's watching this right now understand, God, that their way out of that cave is to humble themselves under your mighty hand and allow your power and allow your presence to strengthen them and to empower them, God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. There's one more. There's one more essential of worship and praise in Psalms 57. Again, true worshipers also include hoping or having confidence in the triumph of God. Praise God. So if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have the essentials of praise and worship from Psalms 57, I'm going to praise God wherever I'm at. I'm going to humble myself under his mighty hand and allow the power of God to, to move and to work and to flow in my life. And I'm going to hope and have confidence in the triumph of the power of Almighty God in my life. David declares that his God will come through for him. Psalms 57 verses 2 and 3 says, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. So David's saying, I'm in the cave and it's a bad situation and it's serious, but I believe I'm serving a God who knows how to deliver. And I believe I'm serving a God who knows how to bring me out of this cave with the power and the glory of God and with a praise upon my lips for everything that he can do in my life. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hoping God should be a phrase that is written on our hearts and on our spirits. It should be blazing into our mind and our spirit. I'm going to keep my hope in the power of Almighty God. Yes, I'm going to praise him. Yes, I'm going to magnify him with my voice and with my hands and with my heart humbled before him. But I'm also going to say, God, I believe that you are able. I believe that you can do what needs to be done. My trust and my confidence is not in what I can do, but in the delivering, redeeming power of the God that we serve and that we worship. This God whom we serve, just like Daniel said, this God whom, we, whom I serve is able to deliver me from the lion's den. So I'm just going to keep on praising and magnifying and glorifying this God because he has the power to bring me out of this cave. And my hope is in him, not in myself, not in what other people can do for me, but my hope is in the power of almighty God in my life. Twice in Psalms 42, the psalmist tells himself to hope in God. Psalms 42 and verse number five says, why art thou cast down O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So well, I'm cast down, the psalmist said, and I'm, I'm disquieted. I'm troubled in my spirit. What's the answer to that? The answer is look to God, put your hope in God, allow your trust and your confidence in God to help Help the count, help your countenance and lift up your countenance and empower your spirit and empower your mind to say, I believe that God is able to help me in the midst of this situation. And I'm going to talk to somebody right now. Hallelujah. You're in a 
place that you need the hand of God in your life. And I've come to tell you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the God that you serve is well able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think by the power of his presence and by the power of his spirit in your life. So put your hope in the power of Almighty God. And allow his presence to strengthen you and to empower you. Psalms 42 and verse number 11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to praise him in the midst of the storm. I'm going to humble myself under the hand of an almighty God. And I'm going to allow the hope and the power and the confidence and the trust I have in God to sustain me in the midst of the cave. We can bank on the certainty of the sovereign triumph of almighty God. Can I just tell you tonight, God's never lost a battle. God's never been overcome. God's never been defeated. And I'm his child tonight, and he's on my side, and he knows that where I'm at, David is, and so are we calling out to and worshiping a God who works for him, who has a purpose for David's life, and who finishes what he starts. God is for David. God's not against David. God is on David's side. In Psalms 56 and verse number 9, David said this, When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. I want to say that again. For God is for me. He's on my side. He knows where I am at. He has a purpose for my life. And he also has a purpose for what's going on right now in my life and in your life. He has a purpose for that. And when his purpose is fulfilled, he will show his power and he will show his glory in our lives. And I believe I'm serving a God who whatever he starts in my life, he desires to finish it. And so I need to keep praising him. I need to keep humbling myself under his mighty hand and recognizing my need of him because he's, he's going to finish what he starts in my life. I want to stay, so to speak, on the potter's wheel and stay in the process of what God is doing in my life. Because the cave situation taught David something and nobody's a loser if they learn. And so I understand that when I'm in the cave situation, God's working something into my life or God's working something out of my life that either he needs to be there or doesn't need to be there. And he has a purpose for my life and he's going to finish what he starts if I'll continue to praise him and continue to rely upon him in the midst of my cave situations. I'm glad to tell you tonight that God did bring David out of that cave. And God brought him out with victory and he brought him out with, with power and he brought him out with authority because David began and continued to praise God and to trust God and to rely upon God in the midst of his cave. Here's the bottom line for David. Here's the bottom line of the whole thing. He believes the God that he praises in spite of his problems, the God under whom he humbles himself, this God is for him and he will complete his purpose without fail because he is God and he's sovereign over every enemy that may come against us. He's just that kind of a God that knows exactly what we need and he knows exactly when we need it. And so David praises God in the midst of his storm and he gives us some essentials for worship. And I'm repeating these on purpose and that I'm going back over them. David said twice in this psalm, my heart is fixed, my heart is fixed. So I'm going to repeat again that I need to praise God no matter what's going on in my life. That's where somebody that's listening to me right now, tonight, is at right now. You just need to praise God whatever is going on in your life. And then I need also to humble myself under the hand of Almighty God. And there could be somebody watching right now that the next step for you in the cave to experience the power of God in that cave is to say, God, I need you.
in the midst of this storm. I can't do this by myself. I've got to have your power. And then I've got to re recognize and realize that God whom I serve is well able to bring me out of this cave and deliver me from the hand of Saul and let me live and let me see the glory and the power of God in my life. I'm going to hope in the sovereign triumph of God over all of my enemies. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to be cast down and I'm not going to be destroyed. I'm going to put my hope in God and my confidence in God and I want to say I'll praise you in the storm God I'll lift up my hand in the storm and I'll praise you God because you're going to bring me through this and you're going to bring me out of this God and you're going to show your power and you're going to show your purpose and you're going to show your plan in my life and I'm going to show what you can do as I put my trust and I put my confidence in you the music can come back tonight praise God and I believe with all of my heart as David began to employ these essentials of praise, that something began to shift in that cave. Something began to shift in that cave. Praise God, the elements of this psalm of praise, of humility, and of hope will transform any cave into a holy of holies where the almighty power and glory of God is present in that place where the Shekinah glory of God dwells. As we come in and praise in humility and hope, it transforms the atmosphere of that damp, dark cave into a sanctuary of Almighty God. And although we're not together tonight in this building and we're scattered across the city and maybe across the nation and across the world as we worship, as, as we watch and as we worship together, I can guarantee you that if you'll make up your mind to praise God in spite of what's going on in your life, you'll humble yourself under the hand of Almighty God and you'll hope in the triumph of Almighty God that that will turn your living room, it will turn your vehicle, it will turn wherever you're at in, in your cave experience or wherever you're at, it will turn into a, into a place where the power and the glory of God and the majesty of God will fill the atmosphere of that place and you can receive help from the hand of Almighty God. I'm inviting you right now, wherever you are, to raise a hand and just praise and magnify God. Just say, Lord, I need you. I can't do this without you, God. I love you. I adore you, God, for who you are, God, and what you can do by your power and what you can do by your might and what you can do by your authority, God. I'm inviting somebody to praise the Lord in the midst of your cave experience and glorify and magnify the God that you serve and watch God work on your behalf beyond anything that you can imagine. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ today, I worship you, Lord. I worship you for who you are, God. I worship you for what you can do, God, in the sovereign power, God, of your mighty name. Hallelujah. That's right, somebody. Come on, lift up your hand in that living room right now. Lift up your hand in that kitchen right now and magnify and praise God and glorify and exalt Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're worthy, God. You're a magnificent, God. You're marvelous in the power, Lord, of your name. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel your presence, God. Hallelujah. Your presence surrounding me, God. I feel your spirit, Lord. I feel your anointing, God. Hallelujah. Mm, because of who you are, I give you praise, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you so much for hearing the Word of God tonight and responding to the Word of God. Thank you so much to the pastoral staff of this church for allowing me to minister the Word of God. I just count it an honor. In Jesus' name, God bless you.